Welcome back to From the Inside Out. Thank you for joining us and thank you for all your feedback. I've always been big on feedback because our goal has been to bring you insights that you can relate to and connect to. So please keep them coming. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe and rate our podcast and write a review if you can so that we can continue building this thriving community and bringing you more of these insightful conversations. Yes, indeed. We want to share one of the messages we just received from one of our listeners, Chayla Glasner, who I discovered is from Sydney, Australia, a fellow Aussie mate. Here it is. Here are just a few things that I've gained from your podcast. I'm a total night person with little kids, but I've started waking most days at 6.30 in the morning instead of 7.45. It's made such a difference to me to get some exercise and davening in before my kids wake up. Also, I started to consciously drink more water and my husband and I had a really great conversation regarding the five love languages. So really thank you. I'm sure there are many people who can say that their lives have been significantly enhanced by your podcasts. And this message is so nice because it encapsulates a few of our episodes all in once and put into action, which is the goal of our podcast that, you know, we can all grow and enhance our lives in many different ways. Yes. Thank you, Highlight, for this wonderful feedback. We are so excited to share our conversation with one of the coolest and most inspirational women we've met, the co-founder of OPI Nails, Susie Weiss-Fishman. OPI is a global beauty brand and arguably the best nail care company in the business. But behind all the glamour is the little known tale of OPI's unlikely origins. It's an inspiring story of a timid schoolgirl, the daughter of Holocaust survivors with a nail biting habit who arrives in this country with little money, no English, and becomes a global business icon and industry game changer known worldwide as the First Lady of Nails. In this episode, Susie joins in our conversation and shares her story of overcoming tremendous odds. Hear firsthand the life-changing lessons she learned along with some valuable tips for really nailing it no pun intended, in business and in life, and some of the ways she chose to use her success, which is what inspired us most. Hi. 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 So nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. Thank you for coming. My pleasure. Thank you for joining our conversation. I brought one nail polish up with me to the country, not knowing that I was going to interview (laughs) the lady that created OPI. (laughs) This is the one polish I brought up with me upstate. How are you? How are you today? Yeah, I'm well. Thank you. In this crazy world, but so far, so good. This is such an honor and a privilege to be interviewing you. We're so grateful for your time. And we're both so inspired by your work and who you are as an individual as well. I had the pleasure of meeting you at the uh, Miami Jewish Women's Conference. And it was absolutely beautiful and inspiring. And since then, I've been following you, loving what you do. And I really wanted to bring you to our listeners. I think that you have such a powerful and positive and inspirational message. And so I wanted to just for our listeners who aren't familiar with you or your work, if you can give us a brief introduction, tell us a little bit about yourself. So I'm Susie Weiss-Fishman. Um, I was born in Hungary, emigrated to the United States in 1969, first lived in Israel um, for two and a half years. Uh, I live in Los Angeles. I have two grown children and a grandson (laughs) and a proud grandmother. I'm married uh, to my husband for almost 30 years. I am a co-founder 
of OPI products. Um, the company was sold almost 10 years ago this year, and I'm still working as brand ambassador for the OPI brand. Beautiful. Very nice. Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, did you have an entrepreneurial spirit when you were a child, or was your drive and passion for success something you discovered later on? I grew up under a communist uh, country until I was 10 years old. And I think that there's always an entrepreneurial spirit born in somebody who lives in a system where everybody's expected to be the same. I mean, you know, you cannot express your individuality when you live under restricted conditions. So I think there had, there was that entrepreneurial spirit in me from the beginning, just because you know, I always felt I wanted to do something on my own and to be able to control my own destiny um, because I was not able to and I could see my parents were not able to until we we left and uh, came to the United States. And, you know, and you can be anybody who you want to be. Does your husband feel that way too? Does he also have that drive and passion for being an entrepreneur? My husband also has a background from Europe and he's also an immigrant to this country. He's a physician. Um, So a little bit different than uh, uh, somebody who's, uh, you know, uh, he fills a more restricted role just because of the confines of his uh, profession. Right. It's interesting how your childhood did have an impact on who you decided to become later on, even though it was difficult. Can you talk a little bit about some of the challenges that you experienced that you were able to learn from and turn into an opportunity? Yes, uh, there's so much to learn from. um, You know, when you come to a new country, of course, you have to learn the new language. But the opportunities in the United States are endless. And the one thing that communism taught me is discipline, which has worked, done me very good in my professional and personal life. Because one of the keys to success, in my opinion, is to have discipline in your life. And that certainly was something that was instilled in me under, uh, you know, the communist system. Um, I mean, this is an amazing country where, you know, you can practice your religion, your culture and and be who you want to be. And that's something that I took full advantage of. And certainly having that entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial spirit to be able to uh, have a factor where we employed people and to create a culture, you know, family culture. To th- I always said we took everybody on the OPI ride with us and made people's lives better. And uh, that has continued in my professional and personal life uh, to this day. So beautiful. Wow. There are so many people who might have the opportunity to be successful in America, yet they don't take advantage of it. And, you know, it could be partly because they're only seeing the success side of the story and they think, well, I can never do that when they don't see the behind the scenes trial and failure and trial and failure. And that, you know, success is being able to endure failure upon failure and not give up. So, you know, I'd love for our listeners to know, you know, you are the ultimate success story, not just in your business, but also in your personal life in a way that's so inspiring. And I'm wondering if you could share a little bit about the behind the scenes, you know, what goes on, um, you know, on the road to success that maybe people don't see and that would inspire some women who want to get out there, but maybe are afraid to, to move forward and pursue their passions. Yes. And, and at the same time, to add to that, what do you think is the key to success in business? 
Like what makes a great leader? So first, I am a positive person by nature. I mean, I really always look uh, or give it my all to look at things as opportunities, uh, even at most challenging times. So I'll start with the, your question first. I mean, key to success uh, for any business person uh, leader is number one is to make decisions. I think uh, by sometimes procrastinating and not making decisions, you miss a huge amount of opportunities. Uh, yes, not everything is successful, but have the passion, have the feel to see things through. You know, I always say there are zigs and zags in the road, and that's okay. Uh, but if you have the passion and the uh, the drive, you will succeed in whatever challenges or whatever you face each and every day, and that may be personal or in, in the business world. Yes, uh, being in manufacturing is, very, is difficult. There are challenges every day. Employees, infrastructure, regulatory issues. I mean, every single day you go into the office and uh, or to the factory, and yes, there are challenges, of course, but you know, if you are dedicated to, to the business, to your brand, and to the people, I cannot emphasize the importance of the company's culture, the people who work for you, and how you treat them with respect, because you're only as good as the people who work for you. And yeah. that was always very, very important to, to all of us at OPI. We were a family company, and when things were, you know, we were successful, everybody shared in that success so again make decisions if you something goes bad move on like my dad would say that train has passed you know catch the next one very very important move on be passionate about whatever you do you know I always say if you want to raise chickens or grow the best vegetables it really doesn't matter but just be passionate about talking about yeah. vegetables I really need to work on my vegetable garden. <laughs> uh, your vegetable <laughs> garden? Yes, and put more passion into it because I, this uh, spring I neglected it for, for reasons I didn't have that much time. And oh my God, it's a disaster. So whatever you do, be passionate and see things through. I would love to see your vegetable garden. I'm passionate about vegetables. I'm a health coach. so oh. I'd But I'm also passionate about success. So it is true. And that's why we're so excited about talking to you today. And we love that. That's what we need is passion. <laughs> yes, you are involved in philanthropy. You've given back in so many ways. What you're doing now is... Uh, you know, is giving back with your time, with your energy. You uh, started the business with your brother-in-law and, you know, you've been doing business with family for, I think it was a 25 and plus years. So a long time. And we often hear of families doing business together and then things falling apart or, you know, issues coming up and you've managed to keep that together which is easier said than done. Can you talk a little bit about how you did that? And if there, there are people out there who are doing business with family, just some tips on how to navigate, you know, I guess, business with pleasure. The one thing that we needed to remember every single day, George and I, is when we walked into the business, we opened that door and we closed <laughs> behind us. We were business partners. And you have to kind of leave the family uh, outside that door. And that was very, very important. We were business partners. Yes, we had challenges. 
you know, as I mentioned before, in manufacturing, challenges always. And all, I encourage people to have partners, young people who start businesses. I always say there's only 24 hours in a day and seven days in a week. You can only do so much. Find a partner so that each of you can divide your strengths and weaknesses. You know, George was more in charge of the infrastructure, what I call the manufacturing side, the manu- the machinery and all that. I was more the creative side. And we both complemented each other. And again, families, family, businesses, businesses, as long as you can separate the two each and every day, you will have success, even if your partner happens to be your brother-in-law or any other relative you can manage it with those things. And as I mentioned to you before, discipline has served me well. I'm very disciplined. And, you know, all those things that I mentioned, I follow through in my life. And don't forget ever, you walk into your business, you have the responsibility, not only for yourself, for the brand, but also to the people you employ each and every day. So your failure is not just your failure, but would be the failure for everybody and how you impact other people's lives. Absolutely. Well, that's great advice. Well, on the subject of family, uh, when I was reading about you, I saw that you love to give. And that is one of the reasons, you know, Ed and I, when we want to have success, we want to be able to share it with the world. And I found that so inspiring about you. And I'm sure it's something that, you pass on to your children too. And I just wanted you to share with us uh, what advice you give your children about money. As uh, you mentioned before, part of success, uh, you know, when you have uh, money is what you do with the money. And it's very important. My dad always say, you give, you get. And it's very important to to do, to make change in the world and to, to give to people who are less fortunate than than yourself. And that's, you know, one of the rules that I live by. And that's the advice that I give to my children. You know, at an earlier age, maybe they, in school, they don't have the the finances to do contribute uh, financially. Although, you know, I always say no dollar amount is too small when you want to make contribution to a cause. It's very important to remember. But I also tell them, be the change agent that you want the world to be. You know, I always remember uh, President John F. Kennedy's words. Ask what you can do for your country, not what the country can do for you. And those Um, are very very important words. And I remember when young people volunteered in their communities. And I always say, start in your communities, in the local be involved in local elections, make a difference in your local uh, cities, uh, towns, uh, states, wherever you live. And so that's, you know, one thing. And also to give to people who are less fortunate, if you don't have the financial means, then give your time to help people, to the elderly, you know, go to a nursing home, read or read a story, or if you are able to do other things, play a musical instrument. It is so rewarding when you can see, put a smile on people's faces. Yeah, people underestimate the value of of their contribution. Everyone can give something. I love what you yeah. just said. It's so inspiring to speak to somebody who has that kind of approach too. We need more people like this in the world who take the success and turn it into giving. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, so when it comes to managing being a business owner and also having kids and managing multiple roles, um, how have you been able to balance family and work 
and any tips for time management and how to navigate that? Yes, um, you know, not easy. Uh, you have to prioritize and get help. You know, I always say, don't be a martyr. If, you yeah. know, get some help, whether you can from family or, or strangers or friends or whomever to, to be able to manage. For me, priority was always, of course, my family, my, my husband, my two children, and my business. So personal things had to give, like having a facial or a massage. I didn't have one for 20 years. You know, certain <laughs> things have to, to let go, and that was okay. Those were my choices. I always tell young people, tell young people that you have to make choices, whatever works for you. You know, don't uh, guilt, of course, every mother feels guilty if she goes to work if she you know goes to the gym if she takes some time oh I'm away from my child but that's okay you have to do certain things for yourself maybe small things maybe you can do it all but you know and whatever is good for you I gave up things that were for my personal things because it was okay for me but never uh, gave up on being at my kids games or um or my OPI family. And uh, so help is very, very important. Prioritize uh, time management. Again, only 24 hours in a day. So the one thing that I learned is I I write every single thing down. Wow. These are things that we do. Yeah, (laughs) I write everything down and then if check at night and if I didn't accomplish it all, it goes on the next day's page again until it comes off that list with a check mark. And I really, I see so many successful people that I speak with that write everything down. They can have lists of 50 things, 100 things, 300 things to do. And I really taught my children to have uh, daily planners where they write everything down of what they want to do that day, that week, that month, their goals, long-term, short-term. If you write it down, it really, it feels differently in your mind. I so, could not agree more. Yes. Do you have a specific planner? Do you have a specific planner that you advise people to use? Just put on an Amazon. On Paper Amazon. pen. <laughs> Paper pen. Do, have you been doing this from the start, writing things down from when you started? Always. Always. We all have the same 24 hours in the day. It's how we use the time that's so important. <laughs> Yeah. Very important. And the one thing I always tell people, have a sense of humor. I mean, I couldn't get through the day. I don't make, you know, if I make fun of myself, my kids, my husband, you know, <laughs> and have a sense of humor because that really is very important. Yeah. We have many listeners who are working and have children at home and there's that guilt of, you know, oh, I can't be with my kids or I can't be fully engaged in work. And what we always say is that the greatest gift you can give your children is the gift of being passionate about what you do. Even if you're not there a lot of the time, but we're big believers in pursuing your passion. And I love what you what you said about, you know, there's this theme that you mentioned in work and in your in, in your personal life is kind of delegate the things that you don't absolutely have to do and focus on what you're good at. So the part of getting help in the home is, is uh, being able to spend time with your kids is delegating the stuff that maybe you can, you know, give over to someone else so that you can focus on the things that, that matter most. Um, I love that concept. And also my kids always respected me because they saw how passionate and what I built in the, in the business. And they really, you know, always showed me respect and uh, admired me for what I've done, which was amazing. I don't yeah, blame yeah. them. I don't blame them yeah, at all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, something that I found very intriguing and I was very excited when I read this is that you were a nail biter because 
I am too. It's something I work on, but I've grown my nails. I just have to show you. It's very exciting. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm hiding my nails because I didn't have time. My, uh, oh, but, the old guy. Um, I, you know what? Usually I use OPI, but I did the dip because that helps me to grow my nails. Exactly. No, that's yes. Okay, good. I'm glad you approved. But what I wanted to ask you, because I can relate to this so much, I really appreciated how you shared that you were able to break that habit. And I'd love to know how you did it. Getting weekly manicures or even bi-weekly manicures, because when you see your nails starting to do well, it inspires you to stop biting. True. True. And that's why I might have grown now. Yeah. What I did with my daughter, also a nail biter, and uh, made her get manicures twice a week or at minimum once a week. And then she uses gels on her nails even to this day. And that really stopped her from, just like you said, the dip. And it stopped her from uh, biting her nails. But um, just seeing improvement in your nails, and then you have some nail polish on it, it's just hard to bite. What are you going to eat your nail polish? I mean, <laughs> yeah, those things, believe it mm-hmm. or not, and I've heard this from many people, that the, those uh, things break the habit. It's interesting that you said your daughter. Is it a hereditary thing? Because I thought I got it from my mother, then some of my daughters have taken on that habit. I wonder if it's nature or nurture, you know, if it's something they saw in me or it's just hereditary. It's hereditary from what I, uh, what I learned that nail biting is hereditary. So it's, it's hard to break, but yeah. it can be done. Yes, I, I'm in the middle. So I'm really excited that I'm talking Forever to you about this. <laughs> okay. um, well, speaking of nails, we'd love to know what inspired um, you to go into the nail industry and really nail it, no pun intended. Was it the fact that you were a nail biter and you wanted to create a really nice polish or was it something else? Well, we started in the dental business and um, artificial nail extensions called acrylics is the same chemistry as making dentures for the teeth. And we saw an opportunity. Uh, there were all these nail salons in the early 80s doing artificial nail extensions called acrylics. And uh, there were salons popping up, uh, Ventura Boulevard, which is Main Street, kind of in the San Fernando Valley in Los Angeles. And um, as my brother-in-law was always said, it's much more fun to deal with nail technicians than dentists. They're so boring. <laughs> and uh, met a young chemist who put together a formula, which we call the rubber band special, which was the adhesive agent, the liquid and powder that you mix to form the artificial nail extension. And that's how OPI nails were born. Wow. 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 And today I love how you have the colors. I actually have mine right here that I'm wearing. It's called, uh, I have so many, it's called Machu Picchu. One of my favorites. I love like the blush pinks. Um, and I feel like the color names are a big part of the brand too. Can you talk a little bit about how you come up with the colors and what inspires that? I'll just so, tell you, my, mine's called the Thrill of Brazil. Oh, yes. So um, in the early uh, years, OPI was only uh, servicing the professional side of the salon business. And then in 1989, uh, we got into nail color and that really took OPI more into the consumer's eye. And um we came up with these seasonal collections where we traveled to different parts of the world, cities, countries, and then uh, we come up with fun names. Uh, many of them are food related because if you know us uh, at OPI, everybody loves to eat. <laughs> and, <laughs> yes, I read that in your book. <laughs> and uh, so the, it's such a huge part of the brand's DNA, the names. 
they're funny, uh, they have lots of humor in them. And again, they relate to the specific region where we travel to for inspiration for the seasonal collection. As, nice. far, as, uh, as far as the colors, I look at trend predictors out of Milan and Paris, usually two weeks before a collection comes out and look at all the trends, societal trends, um, trends in fabrics, in prints, in textures, and they all really contribute to creating a collection, the colors. So I guess you felt thrilled in Brazil because oh, it yeah. says the thrill. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Actually at the sure. carnival, which I went to see, it, it is amazingly thrilling. <laughs> Do you have so a favorite I, uh, color? Yeah. Well, I love all my favorite. It's like, uh, you know, my children, they're all, <laughs> my kids always ask, mom, he's your favorite. No, she's your favorite. So you're <laughs> right. Uh, that's right. I love that. Uh, great but answer. I love reds. I always love reds. Um, and certainly Big Apple Red. I'm not really a waitress, which is the most popular nail color. Thrill of yeah. Brazil. And uh, yeah. any color. <laughs> any well, color. I'm not really a waitress. Um <laughs> is the name of your book that you wrote, which was so incredible. My husband's actually reading it. He's just started reading it. Um, what an inspirational book, not just about your entrepreneurial journey, but about your own personal journey. And it really is a really incredible book I'd, that I'd highly recommend where you share a lot about your, you know, the early, your childhood and you talk about your mother. And I'd love to hear more about how she impacted you as an individual, some of the lessons that you learned from her, who was the ultimate role model from what I understood. Yes, my mommy uh, was a Holocaust survivor. She passed away a year and a half ago. And, uh, you know, she inspired sorry. me. sorry. Thank you. She inspired yeah. me every single day to have gone through what she'd gone through, to see death every day and to survive and to be a positive person. I mean, my mommy had this amazing smile almost to the end. And she, she, you know, she embraced every day of life. Family was very important to her. Uh, she was an amazing cook. But her strength to overcome, to have to lose, to lose her entire family, and to go back to Hungary to get married and to have her family of her own to raise uh, my sister and I. And again, to be this amazingly positive person, embrace life. And she was a devout religious person who, you know, never blamed anybody for what happened. And she really, truly believed in, in God, in Hashem. So that was, uh, and kept the Jewish traditions, you know, all the holidays, the amazing uh, uh, meals. It was interesting when my mommy passed away. So many of my kids' friends sent me messages, uh, you know, to say sorry. And everybody gave me a little memory of what the, their favorite food that grandma, everybody called her grandma, that grandma cooked. And that wow. was so amazing for, you know, young adults to think of the specific food uh, that that made them so happy when they would come over for uh, to our house. That's beautiful. How old was your mother she when she passed away? Almost ninety six. Wow. Yeah, wow. I, was, I was very lucky. Wow, she had a long life. Yes, yes. But still, no matter what age it is, it's, it's just not easy when it's someone you love. Uh, I think right. of every single day. I I really miss her every day. Yeah, that's, and I'm sure so, she lives through you. 
Yes, that's so special. And are there any traditions that you keep that she kept that her and your father kept? Well, we do all the holidays. We have, uh, you know, we always build a sukkah uh, for the holiday of the harvest. And uh, we every single, we have Shabbat dinner every Friday night, even when my kids were younger. And, you know, when they come to that age in high school where they would like to go out, first we had the Shabbat dinner. And then after, if they wanted to, they could go see friends. Beautiful. But that really the raising children with traditions is so important. And I think it gets passed on from generation to generation. And that's what it's all about. The legacy, you know, when somebody passes away, the legacy they leave is their children. That's right. So that's a gift that your mother, that your parents gave you. It's a gift that you're giving your children. Hopefully they'll pass it to their children and their children. Um, after that. I'm, I'm, I'm so inspired by Holocaust survivors like your mother who went through so many hardships and kept traditions after that, kept Shabbat, stayed religious, believed in God. I'm sure you, you found this so inspiring too in your mother. I, I sometimes, you know, in myself, I would say, mom, how could you, you know, what you went through? Because for so long, she didn't speak about it, the atrocities. And then um, she went back, she wanted to go back to Auschwitz and we always said, why? And uh, when my sister and I went with her, she was running through the gates and she went to where the crematorium was because she wanted to say Kaddish um, for her uh, mom and her two younger brothers who were uh, killed there. And that's why she wanted to go back. And, you know, after seeing that, but my mom, she never always smiled, always positive, and always believed. A great That's gift, beautiful. an amazing gift. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. We had the opportunity um, to interview uh, Dr. Edith Egger, who wrote a book called The Choice. And yes, she, I read. Uh, her book. Yes, yeah. So her her new book is actually called The Gift, and she was telling us about it. And 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 her mother uh, taught her the, the same things, and she actually uh, couldn't share her story about you know her experience at Auschwitz for 20 years. And, and once she was able to talk about it, that was so liberating. Uh, te- teaches us the importance of sharing our stories and being able to teach each other through our challenges. Um, maybe we can learn to you know, teach others um, how to overcome their challenges. So now you're in a later phase of the business where maybe you can, I don't know, maybe not, but you can rest a little bit. But um, what's, what's next for you? What are you currently engaged in? What are your interests? So as you mentioned, I wrote a book called I'm Not Really a Waitress. And the, really, the reason I I wrote it is the importance of storytelling, just what you mentioned. And to also tell young people or any age people, if I can do it, anybody can do it. I always say if I inspire one person, I've done good for the day. So, so that's, uh, that's, you know, the first thing I am cooking. <laughs> oh my God, nice. such a challenge for me, but <laughs> I, I am doing much better. And especially under uh, COVID now, you know, yeah. All the time together with the kids, which is wonderful. So I'm cooking. Well, I'm sure I'm sure you have it in you because you said your mother was a great cook, yes. so it's in there. <laughs> so I, I'm doing my best. So that's uh, cooking like crazy, and uh, my vegetable garden. I was doing some speaking, but you know, there's no traveling at this time. So some uh, Zoom uh, meetings and uh, like virtual- what we're doing now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> speaking, which is huge for me, just as you saw in the beginning, I didn't turn the camera on. <laughs> Believe me, until the, at least I found the camera this time. <laughs> <laughs> the bar over the camera. 
so those are some of the challenges. And my most greatest passion now is to be a grandmother. My grandson is 11 months old and he is such a doll. And it really, you know, it's amazing. People always told me being a grandma is so great because I can relax now. You know, I don't have to run always as uh, when you're growing your children, the pressures, the business and the, the sports and the pickups and the drop-offs and all that. So I'm really crazy being uh, in love being uh, with my grandson and enjoying uh, being a grandma. And, uh, you know, I hope that once things settle down and we're past the pandemic, that I will be able to travel again. Because, yes, this is amazing to be able to do things virtually, but I am a people person and I really get inspired from other people. So for me, the personal connection is extremely important as that event in Miami I loved. I met so many amazingly wonderful young and, and every age uh, women. And that is, um, you know, so I hope next year I will be able to do that again. And in the meantime, enjoy life, read books, and as you say, relax. <laughs> nice. That's right. That's right. Now that you're, you've come to the stage, if you were starting out again, or if you were going to give someone advice, who is starting out, what advice would you give them? You know, I would, if you're passionate about something, do it, try it, do it. The one very important thing is to secure some seed money because in the beginning, uh, the finances can be very uh, overwhelming and uh, difficult. So make sure that you have some seed money uh, to the first year to be able to get through it. But if you're passionate about something, do it, do it. And um, if you have a good feel for it, I really encourage people to do it. And that could be, again, like we discussed, whether it's starting your own business. There are so many amazing ideas and opportunities today that, um, um, you know, you can find uh, your, your greatest passion. And if not, also give to people, as we said, that are less fortunate. Help the world, help people that need other people. Do you have any role models? Well, my mom has been yeah. my greatest role yeah. model and my parents and, you know, I, my daughter, she's become an amazing mommy. I mean, she's such an amazing mommy. I'm so proud of her. She's my role model. That's so special. So uh, was your mom also a businesswoman? No, my mom was a homemaker. So where do you feel like you got your, your like, where did you look to for inspiration for becoming the entrepreneur you are today? Um, I think it was something that I truly had, as I said, from the beginning, when you live under such tyranny, to be yeah. able to, to uh, have your life and to guide your life yourself, you know, with yourself, it was very important to me. You know, there's a lot of, I'm sure there's a lot of pressure in the beauty industry. What does beauty mean to you? Well, of course, you know, if we look at physical beauty because that's how we were, you know, with all the advertising and television and, but inner beauty is so much more important. And I think we're trending towards that now, especially in social media, you know, people are saying inner beauty of who you really are as a person is so much more important. And what you do for the world, that will make you beautiful. 
beautiful. And those things can much more than the superficial that we've been growing up with, at least I, you know, I'm much older than you guys, but uh, that I grew up with. I, so I'm so happy to see how the world is changing and recognizing people for what they contribute and what they have inside of them as opposed to just outside. Yeah, that reminds me beautiful. of the quote, that, that the happier you are, the more beautiful you become. Also in Eshet Chayo, that we say on Friday night, it says, Kol Kavuda Bat Melech Panima, that yes. the, beauty of the, yes. the beauty of the woman all starts on the inside. Absolutely. And that's why our podcast yeah. is called From the Inside Out. I wanted to know if you can end with a favorite quote. Do you have one that comes to mind? Yes, it was Eleanor Roosevelt uh, when she said, a woman is like a tea bag. You never know how strong she is until she gets in hot water. Ooh, Ooh, I, I love, love that. <laughs> I love that's that. That's a good one. I never heard that one before. Yeah. I have a tea every night. I'm going to yeah, say that quote. Yeah. Yeah. And through your struggles come your strength. So you have to experience struggle to see how strong you actually are. Absolutely. Yeah, that's the only way. Yeah. This quote that you just said really reflects in you and what you shared with us today. Yeah. Thank you, Thank you yeah. both. It was such a pleasure. You, you're wonderful. Likewise. Right? Enjoy you. your beautiful grandson. Thank you. Yes, and your family. This afternoon. Bye.